0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodekar-Shawler. Hey everybody, welcome to the Amigos, I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about the Great Guiana Sisters. But before we do, Aaron, we got tons of feedback from last week. Uh Uh-oh, okay, let's hear it. Um... First of all, we got, some, we got some... I got a nice message from Life School over on the Lemon Amiga forum. Life School. Life School. That's the school I need to attend. Um, he said that... Uh, he said in a world which tears us in different directions at the same time. I forget to comment because as soon as I do, that's another diversion. Um, he's working on an Amiga documentary. and all right. His name appears under Paul Kitching's in the Amiga Years movie. Uh, so, another Paul Kitching connection. Um, and... He says, "Seriously, you guys say more for the Amiga now than ever, and I only wish stuff like this was around when I was growing up." Um, he says, "You guys keep the Amiga loyal with your gameplays and separate dissection of the game, which is unique on YouTube. So it's a nice format to keep." So he likes our, our format. We dissect them. Yeah. Um, we also got feedback from Lemon tube Amiga, and he uh, he said. Nightmare is a kids' UK TV show from the late 80s based on guys being blue-screened over a backdrop created on an Amiga. (laughs) Hey, we're ripping them off. Yeah. (laughs) He says it's a flip-screen adventure with a player blindfolded and the players had to shout commands for the, the, the guy. Now, I sent you a link of Nightmare on YouTube, an episode. Did you have a chance to check it out? No. Okay, well, let me tell you about Nightmare. So, there's this guy. He's, um... He's like a knight, but he's a little bit creepy, and he's the host. Right. And there's a contestant, and he comes on, and he says, "Hey, do you want to be a knight?" And the kid's like, "I'm Ben Crambert from Lincolnshire." And he says, "Okay, do you have friends?" And then he says, "Yes." And then they all appear, and it's they're beamed in, you know, to this this kind of looks like a a royal dining room or something. So the 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 host gives the kid a helmet. And it's kind of a little bit too big for him, like a diving helmet. Mm-hmm. It's a it's big enough so he can see down. He can see directly down, but he can't see in front of him. And he turns him loose in this blue screen room. Okay. And his friends are back in mission control and they say like, okay, and there'll be like a riddle in the room. So like there's there's O-N-E-P. This is the first episode, and it spells open, so but he has to pick up the the letters, or he has to walk over the letters in the correct order. So his friends are shouting, left, left, go up a little bit more. And so he, and eventually he walks over all the letters and he goes in. Each room is a different riddle. Meanwhile, the host is just kind of being like, you gotta hurry up. Or, you know, he's doing stuff like that. And that's, that's the idea of the show. So. That doesn't sound too bad. It's not, it's, it's very, um, it's very of its day. So the
1: kid in the room just sees a big blue room
0: the kid in the room sees nothing because he's got that helmet over his head he can't see anything and um but it's it's a lot like did you ever see nick arcade yeah it's a lot like that um but
1: check it out you know what i'm thinking how many friendships did this show destroy
0: (laughs) it's funny because the british children are always very polite Mm -hmm. and um there's no background music so it's very odd compared to shows here, where there's always some thumping beat behind it. It's dead silence, and you hear the host being like, "You better get going," and the kid going, "Left, left, no, no, turn right. Now go a little bit forward." And so that's nightmare. Hmm. Uh, we also got feedback from the other Paul Kitching <laughs> uh, on YouTube. He he said that you know he he put his middle initial in the movie, in Bedrooms to Billions, to differentiate himself from the other Paul Kitching. Unfortunately, the other Paul Kitching also has the same middle initial. <laughs> I saw that. So, saw uh, He says he's going to have a shirt made. Yeah, yeah. You suggested <laughs> forehead tattoos. I don't know if that'll fly. Most people have less real estate
1: on their forehead <laughs> than I do.
0: Um, but hopefully we'll be able to bring the two the two Pauls together.
1: That's great. Uh, I couldn't believe that. What are the odds, right? Yeah. Same initial, right? Yeah.
0: Um, we've got uh, some news this week. uh the first thing is the biggest news of all we need you to vote in the Amiga Top 10 Listeners poll. Uh, we top want to 10 do, listeners, no, well, top 10 games. It's a top 10. <laughs> which of you vote for yourselves? <laughs> vote for Paul Kitchen. <laughs> I won't tell you which one. Um, so we need you to vote because coming up very soon, we're going to have a special episode where we go over our top 10 favorite. Games on the Amiga for Aaron and I, and we also want to include your votes in the top ten. So um, go to—I'll post a, it's a SurveyMonkey link in the in the posting for this episode. You can find it in the show notes. Um, please go and vote. We've got a lot of great response, but we're—I know there's based on the number of listeners the show gets, there's a lot of you that haven't haven't taken the plunge yet, and we want to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, let's see.
1: That's it for feedback this week. Uh, what do you have for news this week? There's a lot of crazy stuff this week. Uh, first thing I saw, just right off the top, uh, the game we reviewed a while back, Banshee. You remember Banshee, the kind of neat shooting game? Yeah. Uh, it has been ported to the PC and or Mac. Really? Yeah. Uh, we'll stick a link up. Uh, I saw some stills. It looked pretty good. I think uh, it's for sale. I don't think it's a freebie. So, But uh, hey... Banshee was a pretty fun game, and uh, uh, you're not going to see too many games like it. So, if you're into Banshee, you don't have an Amiga, you can give it a shot. Not too bad. Uh, It's supposed to be, uh, you know, modernized. I guess the resolution will be better and whatnot. Uh, So, when I see a video of it, I'll I'll let you know. But it just popped up on my radar. Um, There's a... uh, there's a new look at some of the those Amiga 1200 cases that we talked about with the Kickstarter. Uh, Indie Retro News has put up some awesome pictures of them uh, various, in various degrees of being made, uh, different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know looks... who's behind those renderings? I don't. Our own
0: Paul Kitching. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was uh, talking to him on Facebook last night, and uh, he said that he's he's been working on that, and that's what's... Uh, that's
1: what's been taking up a lot of his time. So, well, that's
0: good on you, Paul.
1: For Paul, is uh, he's a one-man band. He is. He does it all. Uh, so, you know, these cases are going to be awesome. Yeah. But, and I have a 1,200. Yeah, I might have to do something. About it. I might have to get one.
0: Maybe we can put your old 1200 case on on the 500 that is in a sorry state of repair. Yeah, right where's the 500 cases? He or, said he said that there are some things cooking. He didn't oh, give you any specifics. Oh, inside but, information, yeah. inside baseball. Yeah. Okay,
1: that's that. hey, that'd be great, wouldn't yeah, it? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, this, a little bit outside of our forte, but it's so awesome I had to stick it in here. Uh, the the new, uh, a new Amiga demo scene... Uh, project video's been put up uh it's on youtube i'll link it up it's called the uh project issue five uh just awesome amiga goodness you know i think it's like an hour and 42 minutes of new stuff and it's i listened to to as much as my partner would let me hear at work before he (laughs) decided to come and kill me uh but boy i liked it and you know you can't get wrong with the good music oh yeah and the demo stuff so i thought that was a pretty slick thing um we were talking about CD32 earlier, and this falls in line with that. Uh, in the pre-show, uh, there's a new release uh, for the CD32. It's a uh, soccer football compilation. Since we just talked about sensible soccer a few weeks ago, uh, listen to this lineup. You've got uh, sensible soccer kickoff two, Empire Soccer '94 goal, Total Football Sierra Soccer. Manchester United Europe, Wembley International Soccer, uh, FIFA... FIFA? In, not like Barney Fife? No. FIFA International Soccer, Manchester United Premier League Champions, and Football Glory. That is many more soccer games than I knew existed <laughs> for the
0: Amiga. Yeah.
1: Again, this is the uh, gray area uh, soccer compilations. Uh you burn it yourself, you know. There you go. But that's a hefty amount of uh, soccer goodness. So oh, if you're yeah. into the soccer, uh, there there you go. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that uh, uh, you and uh, that you have put up the video from you and Rob. I don't think we mentioned that last time. I think we just shot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's something you want to check out. I listen to it today, and if you're at, like. Uh, this is sort of like your history of and you're in Rob's history of computers right? Right, I mean,
0: right. we go over every single g- gaming console and computer that we ever owned um, we go all the way back to, with Rob, his first computer was the TRS-80
1: and we take it all the way up to the N64 and the Playstation it was pretty interesting, I, I really enjoyed listening to it uh, oh that reminds me, speaking of that the uh, you guys talked about the CD32 we mentioned this briefly on the pre-show um, Rob was talking about that he had picked up a, um, uh, Amiga CD32 NTSC console, which I also have. And he was mentioning that it, he thought having an NTSC console, he'd be good to go, but a lot of the stuff won't work on it because it was made for a PAL, uh, CD32. There's a little hack, uh, which I put on mine, and we'll put it in the show notes, that, uh, with a little bit of soldering and a little bit of guts you can you can basically put a switch in the CD32 to make it think it's a PAL CD32 Uh, and so and this will allow soft software that's not meant to run on NTSC CD32 to run on it the only benefit is it will let this software be tricked doesn't give you any additional video benefits but uh, it will allow you to let you run stuff that you couldn't run before once you get the, the software running if you have a method to to put this on an NTSC screen that will emulate PAL or whatever, you can still do it. Or like that thing you talked about with the HDMI, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so the HDMI so it's a pretty simple hack. Um, it's just, I've read it in a forum and tried it and it worked. Apparently it's based on an Amiga 1200 hack that does the same thing. A lot of people don't know that if you if you put a mouse in, in the CD32, in the, in the uh, I think it's joystick port two, mm-hmm. and turn it on and hold down both the mouse buttons, there's a secret menu in there. And it'll allow you to set up some different options. One of which is to set it the PAL or NTSC, but this still doesn't work on a lot of games. They'll still, they that's not good enough, I guess. And it wants a hardware switch, and so that's what this little mod does. So I shot Rob a little note about it, and uh, I don't know if anybody here would care. There's not that many NTSC CD32s out there, but if you've got one and you've ran into this problem, there's a solution for now it. Now you have a CD32, don't you? Correct.
0: Now, tell me the story of
1: the CD32, because when you bought it, it did not work, right? I coveted a CD32 for many years. It was my holy grail. And I finally found one I thought was a pretty good price, which was a little over $400 US, $450. And I got it home, I plugged it in, I was real fired up to play with it. And turned it on, and I got that cool screen, dun 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 Put the cd in it came with some games and it just nothing happened mm. and i was like what's going on and i was getting no action with the cd rom when i tried everything i thought well maybe these games don't work i burned my own copies i got nothing and so finally i said listen i, I contacted the person who sold it to me i was like, listen this is not working you know this you know what you've sold me a dud and she, she's like listen it was working when we put it in storage i don't know what happened i was like listen i'm going to try to get this fixed you know, I don't really want. I do want to keep it. I want to try to fix it. But I mean, I want to get something back. Can we just split the difference? She said she was cool with it, so she gave me back basically half my money. And then once I took it apart, I realized that the uh, there's there's one ribbon cable that comes from the CD to a uh, to a connector, and the connector has zero. It's a zero insertion connector that has no that uh, has no brace. So basically, there's nothing holding the cable mm-hmm. in except it's the tension of the cable, mm-hmm. and it had popped out maybe in shipping. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Plugged it back in. It worked fine after that. So, I guess, in in essence, I paid... I got a really good deal on right. it. Right. But, I mean, I had to take it apart and fool with it. But, yeah, I performed the Yamato mine to, with with the PAL NTSC switch. I, you know, the funny thing is, I did it. It works. I've never used it, to be honest with you. Because I don't really have a PAL output. So... And at the exact same time I got my Holy Grail, someone gave me an Amiga 1200. And so, Amiga 1200 with the with the uh with the compact flash in it sort of replaces that absolutely Mm -hmm. plus you don't have to worry about the motor running running out yeah we were talking about this in the pre-show it's the problem with these old consoles that ran on cds is that when you lose these uh mechanisms the uh when the gears get stripped or whatever you, you can be very screwed uh it happens on playstations a lot i've got a 3do and that's one of the reasons i don't play with the 3do that much and the cd32 is another one another thing i've gotten i love but i don't play with it much is my vectrix for the same reason it's just i it's it's sad but they're so old i'm scared to death to fire this stuff up for any length of time because mm-hmm. i'm afraid they're gonna blow up Right. <laughs> you know so right. that's part of them that's i think it's one of the reasons people just have their stuff sitting on their shelves because it's like an old Atari twenty six hundred or something. You flip that thing on it, you could throw this thing off a cliff and they'll still work. But mm-hmm. when you get in that seat, stuff with a lot of moving parts and
0: stuff that they didn't make in such great quantities too. I mean, they're, we're never going to run out of twenty six hundreds, but right Rexes, yeah, ab-
1: absolutely, that's absolute fact. Um, on the on down the line on the news, uh, this is something: uh, the twelfth annual ComVex uh, convention, July thirtieth through thirty first at the Plaza Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, I used to that's where classic gaming expo was in oh, two thousand three. Yeah? I was there. This is gonna be this is the Commodore Vegas Expo. Com Com All right. right? Uh, it's gonna have Amiga stuff there. It's the thirty fifth anniversary of the Vic 20. Did you ever have a Vic? No, never had one. That's the, the, the Shatner used to promote those, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> um the uh, it looks like it's gonna be a pretty good uh, you know, a pretty good deal. I've I've never been to one of these conventions of that size. I'm guessing it's gonna be a pretty deep. You think it'll be bigger than the than the uh, Classic Gaming Expo? Uh, no, no, you don't think so. I don't think so
0: because the Classic Gaming Expo covers everything, covers yeah, all Yeah, I, so, I suppose you're right. So, but uh, you know, with the at, at the plaza, they've got a couple big rooms, and I'm sure it'll be a great time.
1: Yeah. Um, finally, uh, there, I just came across this yesterday. Uh, there's a new game coming out uh, from a feller. Actually, I think it's out now. It's called Blocky Skies. <laughs> and it looks like Blocky Skies. But it's a, it's an Amiga game. Runs on a plain Jane Amiga. Uh, I'll link it up. I haven't tried it. Uh, but it might be fun. Uh, it got a lot of press. I saw, on, I saw it on a lot of news sites. I was mm-hmm. like, well, this must be something. It's <laughs> getting this much action. So might be fun. Give it a shot. Uh, but uh, any new Amiga stuff that comes out, why not give it a shot? And yeah. there's a lot more. I've noticed a lot. We don't usually report on stuff that's coming that's in uh, that is being made you know we've mentioned a few things but uh, there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline right now uh that that, uh, that homebrew or stuff that's getting ported i mean obviously i saw a ton of stuff so this this fall should be really awesome i, I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of good stuff
0: yeah yeah uh, i've got a couple uh new things there's a new book called amiga in pixels A kickstarter just got released this thing is almost funded. I think it was only this guy wants thirty-four thousand, and I think he has almost thirty thousand uh, in in funding. So it's looking pretty good. Uh, it's going to be a full color hardcover book uh, that uh, just looks beautiful. You know, it's it's similar layout to the retro game articles that we love. Mm-hmm. Except it's all focused on the Amiga. Um, he, he had a book called, uh, Commodore in pixels or 64 yep. in pixels that, that
1: sold very well. So, um, I heard a lot about this, uh, this week and, uh, boy, it's a neat to see all these books and documentaries, how many books and documentaries have came out just since we've been doing this show? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It is. It and, and um, uh, uh, I try to explain to my girlfriend what the show is about and I'm like, yeah, we talked about this computer that came out in 1985 and she's like, why would anyone care about that? And it's hard to explain, isn't it, too? I mean, people care. I think they care now more than they've cared for, you know, for yeah. since nineteen ninety five. it's amazing how mm-hmm. much is is it coming out of pipe. And I don't know, I don't know why now. I guess it's people are just, you know,
0: I think it's a mix of nostalgia and people like me who, you know, before we started the show, I didn't know hardly anything about the Amiga. And, uh, you know, people just get turned on to it, and they realize what a unique system it really
1: was. It was, and, and it's great for someone like me that's kind of, I missed the glory days by a couple of years, and so uh, it's neat to see all this stuff happen, and it makes it uh, makes it a lot of fun, yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, another thing is uh, Dune. The Amiga game Dune has yeah. been ported to the PC. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, hmm. It's uh, So if you want to play the Amiga game but you don't have an Amiga and emulation isn't really your thing you can uh, just play the port on the PC.
1: Did they never have a PC port of that originally which came out? I don't know. That's crazy. I, I remember that was... I I, I know of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was not a fan of the books or the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I heard the game was wasn't like a real time strategy game or something like no, that. No, this is a adventure game. It, oh, it's an adventure game. Uh, I remember hearing a lot of people talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, it was highly praised. Well,
0: you know now that i now that i say that i'm not sure if it is or not the screenshots that i've seen might come from cutscene scenes and it might be you know kind of that i mean don't
1: hold me to it i'm not sure to, but i mean I, I remember this game had it was very popular with mm-hmm. a lot of people that i knew you know, right who thought it was really cool so good for them i i i guess there's not a company version either of the, of that
0: haven't seen it yeah yet. haven't seen it um we should take a look at dune and play it sometime though i bet it's good huh I'll let you play that one, I'll just watch until I figure out what's going on. <laughs> uh, and then the, the last little bit of news I have is just... Uh, we mentioned this last week, but I wanted to bring it up one more time. Uh, the Amiga Ireland Meetup. I even printed out the poster here. Uh, this nice. Is, this is July 9th at the Prince of Wales Hotel down in Athlone. Um, is that in the southern part of Ireland? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't even want to... So you just said that? Yeah. Okay. It might be up in Athlone. You know, I saw a... Uh, there's a really funny video about the Northern Ireland soccer team and the the Republic of Ireland soccer team and the differences and I don't know where I'm going with that but it just made me think of that because they're moving on. So this is
1: on July 9th. Get really rugged presser for this convention yeah. here. Yeah. What are we talking about? This is um
0: <laughs> this is going to be on July 9th. It costs 10 bucks to get in. I'm sorry, not 10 bucks, 10 euros, but the euro and the dollar are pretty pretty similar. Um, these are the things that you can do. There's uh, you can, they're going to be playing demos on a projector. And you listen to the music. Um, there's going to be speakers on games and applications. There's going to be speed run competitions. Uh, there's going to be a sensible world soccer and a kickoff competition door prizes. Uh, so, uh, there's for lunch, you can either eat at the hotel. There's a carvery lunch and tea, or you can go outside and eat, um, but it, once again, this is the Amiga Ireland meetup. It's July 9th. They don't have the hours on here, so I'm not sure what time it starts. But dust'll die. Yeah, if you're if you're in the area, then 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 go on over because this is the first one, and I'm sure that they want to have more than one. If someone goes to this,
1: please send us a report. I mean, sir- oh yeah,
0: Jarleth, Um, You know, I, you might. I, I don't know if you're behind this or if you're just helping out, but. You know, take some pictures of this thing because we want to promote it on the show after it's done to help get you know drum up interest for the second one. We might
1: want to add it to our promotional tour of Europe and the uh, far east. That's true. I know that we're headed that mm-hmm. way pretty soon on the on the first Is leg. It,
0: yeah, we go from Madrid to uh... right. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on with site <laughs> updates. Uh, once again, Dreamcatcher has been a crazy man typing at the keyboard. Um, there's just, here's just a few of the articles that he's done. Uh, there are some really obscene cheat codes in Amiga games.
1: Yes, that was a great article.
0: Uh, he's listed some of them. Uh, he's, you know, taken scans from magazines. He it's,
1: explains why they're that right. like
0: that, too. Which that was... I'd never... It
1: never occurred to me to be. Yeah, honest with and it.
0: there's a lot of things in there that I wouldn't have understood if he hadn't if he hadn't explained it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are very easy to understand, <laughs> if you're if you're. Um, but he also put a article up about some new Amiga magazines that have been scanned, and also. Uh, something that's pretty funny because we're all about nostalgia here on Amigas because we're talking about it in an old computer system. And we're old. Um, but he put some letters up of people complaining or talking about the good old days in Amiga magazines about the days that were before that. So <laughs> have Remember back in the old Commodore 64 days when things were great and now everything <laughs> sucks with the Amiga. So it just goes to show that this sort of talk has been going on yeah. since the end time. Yeah. Um, He's got a review up from the Top Banana, which is a game ported from the Acorn Archimedes to the Amiga, which was a rare occurrence. Uh, and finally, he's got an article about all the different strategies that game companies tried to come up with to prevent piracy. That's a tremendous article. I,
1: I, I just loved it. Some of that stuff, uh, it floored me. And, and it, it, the, To give them credit, they tried. They tried everything that anyone could think of, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't work. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> they tried. No.
0: Uh, we also have some new Amigos Plays videos up on the site. Uh got me and Flack playing bu- Buggy Boy. <laughs> uh, and Chad and I play Rambo 3, which I don't know if you've ever played. Have you ever played Rambo 3? I don't think I've
1: played Rambo 3. There's a lot
0: of wood-burning stoves in the Rambo 3 universe. I mean, wherever you go, there's like 20. It must be cold. Yeah, it must be cold in the jungles. Does he have a shirt on? Whatever, tropical. No, he's, he's shirtless. That's because so. he's Rambo. He <laughs> need a shirt. And then we also take a look at the port of Pac-Mania, which is surprisingly good. Yeah, I'd heard it was excellent. Yeah. I, I've not played it. Yeah. So those are some side updates. You can check everything out over at AmigosPodcast.com. Are you going to uh, mention your Atari stuff? Oh, yeah. So if you're into the Atari 8-bit at all, uh, I'm going to be doing what I call the Summer of Atari, because since I'm a teacher, I'm out of school, and I've got a little bit more time. I'm playing through a bunch of Atari games. Aaron joined me on some. I'm hoping to get Brent and Chad in on some videos. Um, I'm trying to release one a day, and uh, and trying to work my way through, if not all the games on the system, some of the greatest hits.
1: You know, I was listening to uh, another podcast earlier today. And they were, these guys were killing. These were, it was an Atari, one of the Atari podcasts, and they were killing the Commodore. And there's always been that kind of war there, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought to myself, we are the olive branch of classic gaming because we both, we both wasn't a big Amiga guy, but we both were, and he is now, obviously, he's an Amigo, but he was always a big Atari 8 bit guy. Mm-hmm. And I sort of was into the Atari 8 bit. Before the Amiga came around, and so they we really treasure both systems a lot. And so when he started doing these Atari, we had the idea to start doing these Atari games uh, on occasion. I thought, boy, that's just a nice trip down memory lane. You know, we don't all we're doing is just playing them and recording a video of them. That's pretty much as far as we're going with it. But it's just it's fun to play them both, and it's neat that they're you know that some of the games that, uh, that the systems share uh it's fun to you know it'd be fun to compare and contrast so uh i think it'd be kind of neat we, we we're kind of like a lot of old systems really i mean there's mm-hmm. a, we could sit here we, we we talked about it a couple weeks ago i think on the pre-show about uh having a show where we just spun a big wheel and picked a random system and play it there's not enough time today to play all the cool stuff on all the systems yeah you know? and just i had an amiga i was pretty familiar with it we had this show and just out of doing the first, I don't know, what what is this forty sixth, forty seventh episode we're on now. I think this is forty eight. I found so many games I didn't know about, and we're just concentrating on one system, you know. And you know, there's a myriad of systems oh, yeah. out there. So every
0: time I every time I open up an emulator or something like that, and I see all the games, like I'd love to do Atari Lynx videos. I'd love to do Vectrex videos. There's just too many games out there. There are. There are. But who knows, maybe next year it'll be the Summer of Spectrum. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You never know, man. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's the side updates for this week. Um, I think it's time to get to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, Aaron, I know you've done copious research on the Great Guiana Sisters. The only thing I'm going to say before I let you take off is kind of introduce it. This is a game that was originally released in 87, uh, came out on the Amiga in 88, developed by Time Warp Productions, and published by Rainbow Arts.
1: Did you look at what Time Warp had done
0: previous to this and after it? I have not. Well, I'm, I'm, not I'm guessing it's it's not an
1: extensively long list. The words Jack Squat come to mind. <laughs> I looked over their extensive collection of games, and I, I and I held them here before me. <clears throat> and with the exception of Yana Sisters, I'd not heard of a one of these. Uh, not not a single one. So I'm guessing they were not a uh, a big. I mean, they had a, they had you know probably ten releases or so, but they weren't a huge deal. Uh, but and this game this game is a freak game. I mean, it really, is it's a, it's a it's an anomaly uh, of a game which we'll get into. And there's a lot of stuff about this game that's out there that's just that you know is wrong, and but some of it's true. So like Boat said, it was a game that was uh it was it was developed by an outfit called time warp uh, this was by far their biggest success uh, it was published by rainbow arts uh rainbow arts uh we've covered them uh you know we've covered them basically for r type is one of their games they they've done oh they did Tur. they did Tur. yeah they did yeah. and they did all the turricans mm-hmm. again i looked over there and of course we <laughs> looked over this once before they don't have Uh, what i would call a uh, a a top shelf list of games either um they were an outfit that was i thought this was interesting they were absorbed by thq in 99 which i think we mentioned that (laughs) once before um one of the guys from it ended up going over to blue bite and the reason i even know about blue bites because they made this really awesome tennis game that i used to play blue bite blue bite yeah um this outfit was out of germany um and they, like so said, they got sucked. So they, I guess they lingered around from '84 to '99. Wow, that's, so that's not a bad that's not they, a bad they, run. They did they did some DOS stuff uh, in the in the mix. Uh, uh, from you know, obviously, I'd say their biggest success was the R type or the Turricans. or this. I mean, this. If you could consider this a success, I guess it's still talked about. So I guess that that makes it a success. Um, the game was designed by uh, a couple people with the, uh, one of the main designers was a, fa- a fellow named Armin Gessert all right uh, Mr. Gessert passed away in 2009. Uh, he, him a guy named Manfred Trends and then Chris Hulsbeck, the sound genius mm-hmm. they, were work- they were all worked they all worked on on Ghana sisters. Uh, they they did it on the C64 first so that was the that was the maiden voyage for the sisters. And then it got ported. I guess you could say it got ported to a few other machines. We'll go ahead and let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room here. If you've played Ganna Sisters at all, uh, it is a direct Mario clone. Uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers. This was the C64's Super Mario Brothers. Mm -hmm. That's why it's well known. Uh, They they admit that that's what they made it for Uh, I read an interview and it was no. they made no small uh, they made no claims otherwise they were more than upfront about it Um, the funny thing is a lot of people think like when this game was released it was a major success right right across the board Uh, early reviews were good that the people that got reviews out there the the problem is they uh, Nintendo got wind of the game, mm. and when that happened, they they were usually pretty understanding when when people tried to rip well, them off, right? <laughs> I mean, they weren't they weren't litigious at all. The funny thing is, I found now this is something I I dug around and found. A, I always I'd always heard that Nintendo sued them, and that they had to uh, cease production and take everything off the shelves. Okay, not entirely true. I found a uh, a blog by a guy named toot Weederman or mm. weedman all right and he was the uh, development director and at the time he he joined rainbow arts in 87 and he was the guy that came in and for his first assignment basically was to handle p- the press for the for Gianna sisters <clears throat> and this is taken directly from his blog we'll put a link up for it um, there were three people leading the country the company uh, mark ulrich founder uh Bernard Morell, he was the in charge of production, and this fellow here. Uh, so when he joined, the game was done, pretty much done. The only thing he had to do was QA and mastering. Okay, so according to him, he uh, he was doing some pre advertising, uh, and they and he was they'd already done some pre advertising. He was talking to uh, giving an interview with a magazine. It was a German magazine which I'm not familiar with this magazine, it's called ASM. It was a popular German games magazine at the time. Uh, off the record, he talked to the guy interviewing him, and uh, he told him uh, what a big fan that Manfred and Thomas were of Mario Brothers on, this, on the Nintendo NES. And the writer asked him, so basically, Guiana Sisters is a clone of Mario then. And this guy said, yeah, but... And but before he could say but, he realized he'd screwed up. Right. And so... <laughs> What ended up happening was, uh, <laughs> yeah, the issue came into print, and the cover was Gianna Sisters with the line "Toot Weedman." Gianna <laughs> Sisters is a clone of Mario. That's that was the that was the quote. So that was the introduction. Yes. So, so uh, check this out. This is what I really like. So they put legal in charge, and forced the magazine to stop the printing presses, wow. destroy the issue, and reprint. It was the first issue of ASM not to appear
0: on time. Wow. I wonder if any of those issues uh, <laughs> still exist.
1: Yeah, probably not. So, anyway, a Brit a British distributor called... It was U.S. Gold. booked, <laughs> booked US ad- Gold, baby. They booked ads with huge screenshot in the tagline, Giana Sisters. Moving over, brothers. <laughs> or move over, brothers, basically. <laughs> and it, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's when Nintendo got word. Again, this is according to this fellow's blog. Until then, they pretty much ignored the game because it didn't hurt them. But now uh, that they'd screwed with the Mario IP, I didn't like that. It said uh, He says, it just took a few days until an armada, like six or seven lawyers in black suits, suitcases, and ties were into their office, shut down sales permanently worldwide. <laughs> wow. Now, get this. This is something I thought was real interesting. So, uh, Nintendo, according to this fella, th- they're a Japanese company. They never forget what you did. And so... When the console market exploded, Rainbow Arts was denied the ability to publish on the Super Nintendo. They wouldn't let them do it. <laughs> so, I
0: wonder. I guess that's well. Didn't uh, maybe Super Turrican came out on a you know under another another publisher?
1: Well, I know Super Turrican was on the Genesis. Did it ever come out on the Nintendo. Yeah. Super Nintendo? I yeah. can't remember. That's Super Turrican. Well, maybe. that was they, pro- they probably didn't. Rainbow Arts must not have put it on there because this guy's yeah. uh, now. The funny thing is uh, later on when when Gianna Sisters was released for the iOS and a few little platforms, they they the credits never had Rainbow Arts on them, and and, and uh, the guys that were involved in the game, Armin and the other guys, they never had their names put into credits because they didn't want Nintendo to, to get the, get wind of their names being involved. So, I thought that was kind of cool. My question is, whatever happened to Toot Wiederman? Toot Wiederman, I think he works for, uh, uh what's the outfit out of France? Um, uh, not not Bethesda the the um uh, the Ra- Ubisoft. Ubisoft I think he mm-hmm. works for them now. I looked it up. The funny thing is uh Rainbow Arts was was bought by Ubisoft. Maybe that's where he works. Ubisoft mm-hmm. in 2001. So, not bad. Mm-hmm. They you know, they, they lasted for a while too. So indirectly, Ghana Sisters prevented these guys from even being able to publish on the Super Nintendo. That's unbelievable. You know, which is which is weird. <laughs> um Another oddity about the game, <laughs> this is something else people notice, is when you uh, when you start the game, it the screen scrolls, and you see the great Yana sisters scroll across, mm-hmm. right? Well, the name on the screen is spelled differently than it is on the box. Hmm. Uh, it, if you look at the at the, at the game, it's two ends in Yana, That's cause the people in the that made the boxes so they screwed up and so that it was easier just to change the name of the game effectively right and so that's another <laughs> wacky thing you know that's not the first time that's happened though like think about shadow of the beast
0: the the title screen just says beast
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um again the guys that made this were really big fans of Mario so they just Thought they'd make that they literally from the ground up, this was a clone, mm-hmm. which is funny to me because we've seen it. We've talked about this before about doing a show of just clones. You see tons and tons of clones. Why well, do some clones? This is the second full on clone that we've done that was majorly popular on the Amiga. Deluxe Galaga is the other one, and that was expanded for the good, right? Mm-hmm. This one, you you know, jury's still out. Uh, it's funny that two because I, I come from the Coco. Where clones are a dime a dozen. And none of them were that big a deal, I don't think. I mean, Mm -hmm. not like people still talk about them. Right.
0: Well, uh, probably the the biggest... There's Guiana Sisters and there's Casey Munchkin on the Odyssey 2. Casey Munchkin. Those are are the two most famous clone games because they're the two that brought... Legal action was brought against them. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I guess we should describe the game a little bit for people that have never played Super Mario... Uh, the premise of the game is you're uh, one of the Gianna sisters. Your, your sister has, has fallen asleep, basically. is having a nightmare, and you've got to go in and basically knock, go through 32 levels of this game in the efforts to wake her up. That's basically the game. Uh, the game, you're, you jump. You jump by pushing up your favorite. You uh, use the fire button to uh, shoot a ball and when you get it. Uh, the game has power-ups like Mario... They have, uh, you get uh, your your what we consider
0: big Mario. It gives you the ability to break blocks. Yeah, um, that's,
1: that's punk. That's what you becomes a punk. That's right. what the thing says. Anyway. Right, right, right.
0: That is kind of a glowing orb. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to shoot the ball, that's represented by a lightning bolt. And then there's a further power up, Dub- double yeah, lightning. Yeah, bolt. and that gives your ball an additional bounce. Uh, it will bounce all over the screen. I uh, Mr. Do. Right. That's, what we, remind, that's right. what we were reminded of. Um, one thing that makes the power-ups different than Super Mario Brothers is that in Super Mario Brothers, when you are super, when you're big, uh, you can take an extra hit before you die. But in Guiana Sisters, no matter what stage of the power-up game you're in, one hit will kill
1: you. Right. There's also a clock that you can get, which will give you additional time. This This game has real tight time mm-hmm. restraints. Uh, so you have to haul butt to get through it. Um, and there's also a thing, which I don't—I never saw this, but I read about it. A water drop, which means uh, she can't be hurt by fire. And then there are strawberries uh, as well, which give you homing projectiles. It makes your ball home home in on the bad guys. Um, like we said, there are 32 stages. Is Damon Wayans power-up? Homing? No. Oh. Horrible. That's horrible. In any country, that's horrible. Um, there are 32 stages in the game. Uh, this game has warp, um, uh, I don't want to say areas. They're more like you you jump up and whack a block and you can move, and you can warp. I found one purely by accident and warped, to like, I think it was level six. Um, there's also like Mario, there's stuff above ground and there's stuff in the sewer or mm-hmm. in the pipes or whatever. Uh, and, uh, you get to the end of levels they're usually they're always in the pipes and you fight a end boss the end bosses i saw were um that ant looking spider thing mm-hmm. he appears like a four or five four times i think and then there's a uh, i don't know if it's a dragon or a pterodactyl looking gimmick he appears about the same amount of times uh, so i think there's and then there's a, a main end boss. I, I can't remember what it was. I think it was the pterodactyl again. To be honest with you, they, the end bosses, much like Mario, where you basically destroy that turtle over and over. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Right. Um, kill these guys. You're collecting uh, little diamonds. When you get a hundred of those, that's the coins in the game. You, you'll get an extra life. Um, it's pretty straight up rip off. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I
0: mean, if you're watching the video podcast or uh, the video now. Uh, you can see it playing above us, and it is—you uh, would—you would not—you—you th- would not, you know, you have to look twice to think that that wasn't Super
1: Mario Brothers. Yeah, uh, the bad guys are owls, rolling eyeballs, uh, bugs, and fish. That's—that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's basically what it is. There's disintegrating bridges. Mm-hmm. There's pipes with flat fire. I guess they're pipes, smoke stacks, or they look a little bit different than Mario's. Yeah. They have fire coming out of them. Basically, if you took Mario and got rid of this ability to run faster, once mm-hmm. that eliminates some stuff, mm-hmm. and then just made wacky levels that... Like, one thing about Mario, what made Mario great? This A lot of things, but one of the main things was level design, right? Mm-hmm. All the Mario games have brilliant level design. Mm-hmm. I would call the level design in this mediocre, bordering on uh, sadistic. Because... Uh jumping around with, with this chick is a real tough proposition when the going gets tough. You're very floaty. Yeah. Very it, floaty. Is, it is brutal um to try to jump around. Um the uh the game is beatable, you know, but not by someone like myself. Mm-hmm. And I I've beaten the original Super Mario Bros. I think I'm a decent hand at it, but I had to go with the boat on this one. The up for jump is it's a pain. Yeah. You know, And this one this one could really not use that. The good thing about it, playing this on an emulator, you can program your fire button number two to be your jump button. Mm-hmm. You'd probably do yourself a world of good. The
0: the game that I would most compare this game to is actually not Super Mario Bros. Uh-huh. Uh, the game that I would most compare this to is the first Super Mario Bros. game on the Game Boy, the original Black and oh, White yeah. Game Boy, called Super Mario Land. Um, that game was more, uh, it definitely wasn't as technologically challenging uh, as, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers. And one of the reasons why is because in Super Mario Brothers, one of the big mechanics is using the shells of the Koopas, of the turtles. You know, you stomp on it, and then you kick that shell, and it knocks off some enemies. Well, there's no physics like that in this game. You know, an enemy yeah. is either alive or dead. And that's the way it is in the <laughs> first, in Super Mario Land. Um, the way that enemies die in this game is very similar and also the way that you complete a level where you have kind of it looks like you're walking into a cave yeah. that that mechanic is also in the first in, in Super Mario
1: Land I will say to, I don't want to sound like we're killing this game if I remember the thing I liked about it was a lot like this the same thing I liked about Turrican 2 You can you're exploring this world it's a uh, it's uh, it's fun it's a level of freedom that you one didn't often get on a on a uh a computer game of this era where you can just run around and you know it's it platformy fun i mean as a platformer of this year only like how would you put this how would you have this thing against say like super frog where would you put this in that area well this
0: is a c64 port right so you have to remember that first and foremost so it's it's not going to look as good I'm talking um, just playability. But playability, I think it probably plays about as well as Super Frog, but Super Frog definitely looks better. It had more personality, yeah, better the, sound. Yeah, the levels. Oh, that's a whole other t- story there. The <laughs> le- these levels are very linear. You're moving from left
1: to right yep, in every level. That's true. Um, Super Frog has a lot more vertical scrolling. Yes. Um, again, this thing debuted on the, uh, on the 64. It actually, again, we talked about the ports of it. The ports, it's kind of wacky because again it got removed from stores uh, so uh, it was it, there was a planned port for the ZX Spectrum that was done and I guess it exists out there I've not seen that one but it was reviewed in magazines before it was removed for the same reason. Um, there there was in 93 a Dutch guy uh, a Dutch outfit named Sunrise released a version of this on the MSX uh, the game also has been cloned on a bunch of systems now, Windows, DOS, Linux, Mac. You know, you know, uh, Amiga OS four, uh, a lot of the wackier OSs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an unofficial clone of the C64 version that was made for the DS as well, and then there were the w- mobile versions we mentioned earlier. Uh, the uh, there was a C64 version that was released. There was the obviously the Amiga version, and there was a Atari ST version. <coughs> I had a look at all three of them. They're all... The Commodore 64 version and the Amiga version are pretty similar. The title screen on the Amiga looks... Of the three, the title screen's way, way better on the Amiga. The, the C64 one looks... It's not nearly as good. And the ST one looks like kind of a crap version of the Amiga. The C64 version plays a lot like the Amiga, just from looking at it. Mm-hmm. It looks... Like I said, it looks pretty similar. The Atari version... I wanted to mention this because this is wacky. Uh, the Atari ST... Apparently had no hardware scrolling. I just I didn't know that. I don't have an ST, but I read it. Uh, and so when you when you play this game, it's a it, it's a flip screen. Yeah, it's a push. Scroll. Did you see that? Well, I've heard that a lot of platformers on the ST are like that. Wacky. Uh, and apparently could that was just from what I was able to ascertain from just looking this information up on this. It was strictly just being lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fellow. Uh, I was in a, looking in a forum getting information, and a fellow uh, a couple years ago just rewrote some of the code to make it scroll. Wow! And it works great. <laughs> they say it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one another thing I noticed on the ST version is the Amiga version and the Connor Sixty Four version. When it on the title screen, you get, when when sister scrolls, mm-hmm. it just kind of scrolls at a real leisurely yeah. pace. The ST version goes. I mean, just rockets by. It's mm. as fast as you can imagine. I don't know why. I don't know why that would be either. I don't know what the point of going that fast. You can't really see what it says it goes so fast. It's blast processing. Yeah. Except they couldn't scroll the screen, right? <laughs> uh, the, uh... We should talk about the music. The music on this game is a big deal. Um, the, uh... uh it was praised by everybody when it came out. And, uh, Hulzbeck, Again, we've talked about this guy before. He's done a bunch of good games. The Turkans, Turricans. Turrican 2. Um... This is, I mean, according to everything I've read, this is one of the most popular, most well-covered soundtracks of all time. I mean, and from a video game, I found. <coughs> excuse me, I found videos of this music being played by orchestras, a uh, couple orchestras. Uh, there's a concert album where this was played, and you can still get it through Amazon. Um, so the, <laughs> I the, the funny thing is, and I saw tons of people playing piano versions of the opening scenes, really? and what I didn't understand was, like I'm not gonna lie, I, I didn't think the music was that good. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Now I, I I played the, or I watched the Commodore version, and it has a different opening, and the music I think is much better. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing, the C64 versions where all the music was popularized, the Amiga, I. Didn't think it was very good at all. Yeah, I It was mean, nowhere in the same stratosphere as, say, a Turrican 2.
0: I don't want to say that the music wasn't good. I think the music was fine. It just wasn't... It wasn't Turrican 2, and that's what we've come to expect from our friend Chris. Um, the It's got kind of a reggae feel. Um, it's... It's not that memorable. I, I thought mean, it was. I, I honestly, I'm going
1: to disagree with this. I don't think it's good music. You don't I, think it's good at all. I think okay. it's also sparse. Yeah, yeah. It's real. Now maybe we just didn't hear some of the better tracks. Mm-hmm. But I, just it didn't do it for me. Yeah. I thought the opening song was okay, but I mean the C64 one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, you know. Again, everyone's got an opinion on what they think are right. It didn't do it for me. I, I'm guessing that the C64 version is the one that's the much hullabalooed soundtrack. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but when uh, uh, I mean, we know we know, Elizabeth can can put together some good tracks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that, and I don't want to sit here and condemn the because I haven't heard every possible piece of music of. It, but the stuff I heard, it didn't do much for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, overall, your impressions of of the game. I mean. Uh, to where, be where does it with fall? you, it falls on the better end of the platforming
0: games that we played on the Amiga. Really? I could see myself playing this much more than I could say Zool, mm-hmm. much more than Lionheart, oh, um, because the heart. and I think it just has to do with you know what I grew up playing, and this game plays like games that I grew up playing. Mm-hmm. Um, the up to jump sucks, but you could get around that with remapping your controls. Um, I like the, you know, even though it clearly is an homage to to Mario, that there's difference in, you know, there's there's different levels and everything. I don't like the way that you die with one hit every time. I think in a platforming game, it needs to be a little bit more forgiving. If I could change one mechanic of the game, I guess I would change that one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but overall, you know, I would give it a, I'd give it a solid B overall as a game. Mm.
1: Did you know that there was an unofficial sequel to this? No. Uh, after they released uh, Giana Sisters, a sequel was planned and it was announced. In fact, it was called Giana 2, Arthur and Martha in Future World. Right? Who are Arthur and Martha? I guess those are the Giana Sisters. Right? Arthur? A- Arthur. A-R-T-H-E-R. Like the king? I I think his name is. It's something. U-R. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, they were afraid of a reboot from Nintendo, as in Reboot to the Butt. <laughs> so, they changed it to a... What they should have done is taken a Japanese game and filled it with Yana sprites and then released it. <laughs> well, there were hacks with this where they would replace Giana with Mario. Oh, I'm sure yeah. there were, yeah. Uh, anyway, so they, they retooled this game and released it. It's called Hard and Heavy. Now, I haven't played it. I watched some video. What a terrible name for a game. Well, the I was say the music it, I like the opening screen music was good, and the game is... It looks interesting. It's it's Mario and Metroid combined. Okay. Basically, it's like you I can can have different Matt. weapons. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I didn't play it, uh, and I don't know how well received it was. I mean, it's not something I saw a lot of people talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they released an unofficial version uh, for the DS. Uh, actually, it was a, this was an official version. Apparently, I don't know how that could happen. Actually. It's a recreation. It's amazing to me that they let that go out in the DS. I think
0: I think Nintendo might have. It's a lot of water under the bridge.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So of course, like so we mentioned, the other unofficial versions. Now the, the kind of interesting thing is, uh, I talked to Bud about this last week. I, I I get a lot of stuff off Steam, and it was a game out there earlier in this, or it was late last year, that was in a bundle, and it was called Giana Sisters Twisted Dreams. I uh, I remembered Yana Sisters, obviously having an Amiga, and I ended up picking it up. And uh, I think it came out in 2012. I found out later it was part of a Kickstarter to, uh, and the Kickstarter was neat. They actually let the the fans vote on the name of the game. They voted on a bunch of different stuff from the game. Well, the fans did well. The game got funded, and the game is actually way awesome. I'll have to say, it's it's a sort of a puzzly uh, platformer. Uh, The gimmick in this one is, it's sort of like, remember that shooting game where, like you hit a button and your ship goes from black to white mm-hmm i can't it was a very popular game i can't the name Kas- uh, Kasarugi, I- Ikarugi, no, Ikarugi. Ikaruga. Yeah, it's the ikaruga oh, yeah. of platforming games you hit you hit a button and your gianna sister goes from eat like punk to good from Arthur to Maybell, or no, whatever. it's that one girl oh, you're okay. still trying to rescue your sister again, but she goes from nice to punky.
0: Well, you know, what's funny is when you play a two player game, as we did, you're definitely playing two different yeah, girls. Yeah, I know. So. Well, in
1: th- this one, you're going out to get your sister, okay. And so, when she's the world, when you change and you change on the fly, like you mm-hmm. can just go and the whole world changes. I mean, it'll, it gets darker, the sun drops real quick, the you know. Different and, and but it, when when that happens, different things become available to you. That's interesting. Different powers, or different items you couldn't get to before. Mm-hmm. It is really neat. Same fellow did the music, and the music in this is outstanding. I love the music in Twisted Dreams. I, I revisited it this week, and it's great. So I recommend this if you're a Young Sisters fan from way back. I mean, it's obviously not a Mario clone. They took and made a game out of it. But, I mean, it's a good game. Who'd have thunk it, right? right. I, I mean, of all the weird properties to carry on all these years. Now, I've read that there's a new game out. I think it came out last year. Um, it's called, uh, let me see here, Dream Runners. All right? It came out on the PS4 and the Xbox One and the PC. Uh, it didn't do very well. Apparently, it wasn't well-received. Twisted Dreams was very well-received, so... We don't know if, we're gonna, if there's going to be any more Yana sisters or not, but uh, they did get one really good game out of the mix. And two, if you count this one, I don't hate this game. I'm kind of like you. I don't know if I'd go B on it. Maybe I would say a C. I mean, uh, maybe a C plus. It's it's not. It's by far not the worst thing I've played, platform wise. But it's just it's a clone. This strikes me as just another clone. Well, yeah, but if if you if you remove yourself from the fact that
0: it is a clone of Super Mario Brothers and you judge it on its own merits, it's a good game. It's hard to do that
1: though. If I came up to you and said, "Listen, boat, this is called well, it's Monkey not... King," and, and you've never heard of Donkey Kong, it's still I'm still ripping somebody off, man. Well, it's not, a, but it's
0: not it's not like that because all those Monkey King games replicated the levels exactly. These aren't exact replications of the levels.
1: Well, you're right, but.
0: I, it loses parts I mean, me in that it's area. just like Lionheart. If you came up and told me this is the same as a
1: steaming pile of crap, then I'd be like, oh, okay. But... I'm going to go find those guys from Italian, and and, and we're all going to beat you, tell Okay, it's going to happen. Um, I looked this up on eBay. Guess what, by the way? We should have mentioned this is probably one of the rarest to games of all time. Well, it makes sense because it was removed from the shelves. And as rare as it is. Mm hmm. I have found a place where you can procure a copy boat right now. Really? Yes, sir. You send your money to France. There's a fellow there that will take care of you. He sold one last, sometime in the last cycle of eBay sales. I think it was like March. He sold one for 236 50 mm-hmm. U.S. dollars. That's that's not as much as I thought. Well, there's currently one for sale right now. Boxed. Say, um, it's in France. I'm assuming sure it's the same guy. Mm-hmm best offer but he's asking 638.59 hmm. us dollars so that's pretty much what you're going to be paying you're going to be paying whatever they want because there ain't uh, this is the only guy selling them i saw one guy selling some discs i think they're really st discs mm-hmm. and they were going for like in the 40s at that uh, so if you've got this you've got quite a treasure because these were not uh these were not made and left out for very long yeah. but i mean it did sell great when it it was, as far as I could tell, it was the best selling game they had. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, the fact that it wasn't on the well, you, you got to think long. about it. In
0: 1987. That was <laughs> really the the first year that Nintendo took over the world. That was the year that it really broke through, and people that did not have a Nintendo were clamoring for anything that could that could give them that Super Mario Brothers like feeling.
1: I, I will say, and I remember when this came out, I. Uh, I thought okay this is my super mario Mm -hmm. and i think that's pretty much what most people thought Mm -hmm. right it wasn't it was something i mean i came from the coco the color computer uh, there was a dragon over there and we got all all we got were clones and some were better and some were worse but most of the time they were worse and this is you know this is one of those it's not quite as good yeah but you know it's not too bad uh so anything you want to add on that that's about all the feelings that I have about *Giana Sisters*.
0: I, I was glad to finally play it because I never played it. You know, I never had a C sixty four, so I was glad to check it out. And it's a it's interesting that it never came out on the Atari eight bits. Um, isn't that? <laughs> do you think they could do it on the eights? Well, you know, I always felt like the C sixty four and the Atari XL and XE systems were pretty comparable. Um, I know that over on Atari Age, there's uh, they're actually recreating Super Mario Brothers on the Atari 8-bit. So I think it was it was technically feasible. Maybe uh, just yeah, I don't know why. And of course, it's just like how the C64 it tended to get a lot of games. Well, like King's Quest, it was on C64, but I think it was on Apple II. But we never got that on the Atari
1: 8-bit either. Mm-hmm. So strange. Yeah, strange. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's definitely a game that's worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. It's certainly important to the Amiga, not so much the ST, and very, very important for the uh, C64. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors uh, this week. Uh,
0: we've got Tom Treff, Jonas Rullo, Colbjorn Barman, Mark McDonald, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds. Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, Zach Zimmerman, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Thank you for supporting the Amigos. If you'd like to support us, you can go over to Patreon.com/slash Amigos Podcast and help keep all this Amiga goodness flowing. And thank you for not singing those this week. Oh, I that'll be that. next week. It'll be back. I'm working on a new tune. Um, so next week, uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna play. I can't remember. So we're going to look it up real quick, live on the air.
1: Talk to the audience about something, Aaron. You know, I uh, I really want one of these Vampire 2 cards for the Amiga 1200. So if anyone out there knows anybody working on that project, kickstart them in hind and get that going. I will pay money. I will pay big dollars for one of these things. Because I keep reading about what they're doing in the six hundred, and it looks like it just amazes me that these guys are multitasking uh, MP3s and and they're and they're running video uh, in a window. It's baffling to me. So yes, please, I I implore you to find out where these fellas are and send them to the amigos.
0: <laughs> You're in elect- luck. Aaron, yes, next sir. week we're going to play one of the greatest games ever for the Amiga. Okay. We is it a to, soccer game? We are going to play Rise <laughs> of the Robots.
1: Oh! <laughs> 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 wow, whose idiot suggestion was that? <laughs> the it fans was mine. That voted. I know, this but is, I'm want uh, to oh, put yeah, it. Oh, you, yeah,
0: yeah, you, yeah. You now, uh, Amigos fans, we are going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we are going to open up this poll to all of our listeners because we want to get as many votes as we can. So... Uh, on the show notes, we're going to have a link to a Google uh, Google form that's a survey, and uh, we've nominated four games for next week. Those games are Jaguar XJ220, Three Stooges, Super Stardust, and Summer Games. So those will be the four choices for next All week. All winners. Yeah, and um, so unlike. <laughs> and like what we're gonna be talking about this. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to, uh, we we like it if you if you voted because we want to we want to review the games that you want to see, and um, also. Uh, Stay tuned for that special uh, episode. Next week is our official fiftieth episode. Before when I said this was episode forty nine, it was all right, forty eight. It's actually forty nine. So next week, next week is fifty. So fifty will be. You know, we wanted to make it special, so that's why Rise of the Robots. That's the one. (laughs) uh. But we're gonna do a special. Uh, uh, episode apart from episode fifty, that will be our our top ten list. Fifty A. I'm gonna leave the polls open for a couple couple more days. So if you haven't voted for your top ten games yet, please do that. How's the response has been so far? Buddy? We've we've got you we know there's there's how many hundreds
1: of responses that we have. We
0: haven't quite reached hundred yet. Okay, but we're we're on our way. And, um it's been real interesting for me figuring out how to actually do this with the numbers because I've had to figure out how to take responses and I'm not sure if I'm doing it right to be honest with you but uh, <laughs> but we're gonna have a top 10 list that is based on your responses um I think what else we're we
1: gonna talk about you have anything else you want to talk about I think that's it man I think it's all right things put put to bed all right